class, in baggy flannel shirts, knickers, and high socks, tossed their gloves on the field at the end of an inning. The photographers clustered near the dugouts, waiting to snap the action on the field. Matt could still smell the spicy mustard and hot dogs and hear the echoes of the cheers. The clock on the night table glowed three o'clock. He sat on the edge of the bed, turned on the lamp, and cradled his head in his hands. Grandpa once said that all things in the universe have a meaning. But what do these baseball dreams mean? Suspended between the past and this late June night on the edge of a new century, Matt listened to the silence, reaching for the echoes lingering in his mind. Just as he was about to turn off the lamp, he stopped and reached for the photograph of his grandfather on the night table. He took it out of its silver frame and held it up to the light. On the back, in blue-black ink, in rounded handwriting, Ben Collier, 14 years old, 1944. At 14, the same age Matt was now, Grandpa looked so grown up in a suit and hat, posed next to a car with large, rounded fenders. Lately, Nana had been telling him how striking his resemblance was to his grandfather. But no matter how long he stared in the mirror, he could not see those good looks in his own face. Sure, he was tall and blonde like Grandpa, with the same wide-set blue eyes, cornflower blue Nana called them, that tilted ever so slightly at the corners. But his grandfather's nose was straighter, and his chin stronger, more determined. If Grandpa had been an actor, he would have been cast in old black-and-white movies as the handsome guy who led people on safaris. Matt decided that if he were an actor he'd be unemployed. After all, there aren't too many roles for a tall, thin teenager with an ordinary face. He put the picture back and picked up a framed snapshot of himself with his parents. He smoothed his fingers over the glass, the last picture of the three of them together. Dressed up for his grandmother's birthday party, they stood in a patch of sunlight in front of the row of lilac bushes in the backyard. Every spring, Mom had gathered armloads of the fragrant purple and white blossoms to put in vases around the house. Tears filled his eyes. Finally, he understood how right his grandfather was when he told him a picture could capture the essence of people and keep it alive long after they were taken from us. When Grandpa gave him his first camera at nine and brought him into the basement darkroom, Matt was hooked. Mesmerized, he had soon become part of the alchemy of turning blank paper into images and feelings and memories. His grandfather had pretended to be a wizard, enlisting him as his apprentice, showing him how to turn the paper in the trays of chemicals. Matt had called them Grandpa's magic potions. He tilted the frame toward the light. Dad wasn't as tall or as blonde as Grandpa, but he had the same intense blue eyes. Mom was laughing at Dad's corny jokes and waving at Grandpa, who had taken the picture. In the sunshine, her short hair was a bright copper penny. His stomach nodded as other memories shadowed that spring afternoon. The doorbell at midnight two years ago. Hushed voices at the front door. Someone from the airline had come to break the news about the plane crash. Then a year later, just as he was finally getting through a whole day without crying, his grandfather died after cancer raged through him like a forest fire. On a bitter January day, Matt clung to his grandmother at his grave. 
He put the photo back and reached for the one of his father with his grandpa. Dad at seven, small and skinny in shorts and checkered shirt, clutched a catcher's mitt against his chest. He leaned against Grandpa. Both wore New York Yankees caps, tilted back on their heads. In his rumpled khakis and sweatshirt, Grandpa looked so young, so alive. Matt grabbed his own Yankees hat from the dresser and tipped it back on his head. He switched off the light and lay down in bed. The breeze stirred the curtains, and the music of wind chimes on the porch below drifted in the darkness. He closed his eyes. Early the next morning, Matt threw on faded blue shorts and T-shirt, left a note for his grandmother on the kitchen table, and dashed out to go jogging with Maggie Stewart through Hawthorne Woods. Their friendship had begun during snack time on the story rug in kindergarten. He had refused to share his chocolate cookies with her, so she jumped on him and bit his nose.